0: Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fensky.
1: Turn face the strain-
0: Now, with this new year comes many new developments related to who can light up and what they can smoke. Recreational marijuana is now sold in cities across Illinois. Missouri dispensaries are getting ready to sell medical marijuana. And more teens are vaping than ever. And in December, President Donald Trump raised the sales age for tobacco products across the U.S. To buy cigarettes, you now have to be 21 years old. Previously, in Missouri, um, sales were allowed to 18-year-olds. Illinois raised its age to 21 just five months before. So joining us to talk about what's happened and what this means is Dr. Laura Beirut. She's a psychiatry professor and founding director of the Health and Behavior Research Center at the Washington University School of Medicine. So Dr. Beirut, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you. Were you surprised when the federal government announced the new Tobacco 21 law in December? Did you think this day would ever come? Oh, I'm so happy that it came. So what we've been seeing is Tobacco 21 has been
1: moving across the United States. There were 19 states. that had Tobacco 21. And actually St. Louis City and St. Louis County had passed Tobacco 21 also. So we had gotten to that tipping point that over half of the uh, United States was covered by Tobacco 21. And so with that tipping point, it was easier for the federal legislation to come through. And this is great news.
0: It still seems kind of surprising to see this happen on President Trump's watch. It, It feels more like an Obama kind of initiative. What do you think got him willing to just take this action on this?
1: Well, you know, the way that I look at it is that health is not a red issue, it's not a blue issue, it's really an issue of all of for all of us. And so, um it's good news that we had the science moving forward. And the, and the legislature was able to pass this in the House
0: and Senate, and uh, President Trump signed it. So it's not a huge number of years that it's moving back, you know, who's allowed to get cigarettes. It's not banning them. You just have to be 21. Do you expect this to have a big impact down the road? Oh, this will have a tremendous impact.
1: How so? So the majority of people who smoke cigarettes start in their youth. So over um, over 90% start before the age of 21, and actually um, more than 80% start before the age of 18. So smoking, I really think of it as a, a problem of adolescence. Hmm. It, it is initiated then, and it's the nicotine in cigarettes that gets people addic- addicted. It's a subtle
0: thing that keeps on growing, and then you're in your 20s. And you can't quit. So, as you mentioned, though, um, you know, the research shows that so many people were starting before they were 18, and that was the legal age. How does it change things if something is prohibited? We know some people will still get their hands on these products. Right. So, um, it has been the legal
1: age of 18 for a long time, and that was not enforced. And it mm-hmm. was uh, with the tobacco settlement about uh, 20 years ago that we started seeing more enforcement and that prevention starting to work. So, clearly with this law, We're going to have to see enforcement with it. I see that the enforcement will, um, I I think that it's going to be enforced, which is good news. And then that will save um, and lengthen
0: the lives of people in our region and across the nation. We're wanting to hear from you. We've been putting this question out on social media, whether you support the decision to move the tobacco purchase age to 21 plus. Do you think this is a, a fair decision? We heard from Diana on Twitter who says, I support raising the age to 21. I smoked from age 16 to 23 and quit, unfortunately. I picked it back up at age 48. So it's a hard thing. If you want to join the conversation, you can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. Now, one of the things I was very surprised to learn is that the movement to Tobacco 21 Plus was supported in part by the tobacco industry. What led to that turn of events? Well, you know, I think the tobacco
1: industry is always trying to pivot itself to keep its profits up and to, you know, avoid certain types of regulation. So the tobacco industry is changing dramatically because it's changing with its combustible cigarettes and the vaping cigarettes, the other types of cigarettes out
0: Combustible cigarettes, that's now a term for those that aren't the vapes.
1: Right. That's the standard type of cigarette that we think about, that combustible cigarette. And so, you know, they're trying to avoid any type of regulation that is overly restricted. And so they saw this coming, and so... Um, you know, then supported
0: it. They saw that as a way to maybe head off something even harsher. Yes. How has that industry been affected by vaping? I mean, are they seeing big changes to their profits? Oh,
1: well, you know, if you read the prospectus, of the tobacco industry. um, They are pivoting to these
0: vaping products, and they are developing them also. Oh, they're now getting into that. Oh, absolutely. Interesting. So what do we know about the rate of smoking among youth for vaping products versus the combustible cigarettes? I still have to get used to that Mm -hmm. term. So good news is
1: that the combustible cigarette uh, rate continues to go down. And um, even with the introduction of the vaping products, the youth still are not taking up cigarettes, combustible cigarettes, as much as they did before. So Mm -hmm. that rate continues to decrease every year. Now, what we're all afraid about is that the vaping is increasing. So last year, 28% of high school students had
0: used a vape product. 28%? That's got to be higher than than, uh, smoking combustible cigarettes has been? But that's... (laughs) In the past month. Okay. So so they might just do it once?
1: They may just do it once. But what we're really fearing is that they're going to uh, get addicted to the nicotine and then move to a daily smoker and potentially then transition to combustible cigarettes.
0: We're talking to Dr. Laura Bayroot of the Washington University School of Medicine. Um, I wanted to talk to you about some things about vaping. There seems to be a lot of misinformation out there about various parts of this. And one area that I feel like there's a lot of inf- misinformation about is about the deaths from vaping. I've talked to some parents who are terrified that their kid could just keel over after smoking a Juul. Is that something that we've seen happen? What is causing these deaths related to vaping? So the vaping Deaths have been a,
1: a tragedy, absolutely a tragedy. But let's keep in mind what what people were vaping. They were vaping marijuana, hmm. so um, they were not vaping the standard jewel. They were taking adulterated products, so products that had been modified, and marijuana was placed into this uh,
0: vaping cartridge. So these are sort of black market
1: yes. vaping products. Yes. And, um, you know, think about it. You know, our uh, marijuana is becoming legal across the United States. People are thinking, how do I use marijuana? And this technology of vaping is a nice way to introduce into marijuana and making uh, marijuana use, you know,
0: more subtle. So, you know, these contraband vaping pens that have the marijuana in them, what if you're getting a vape pen from a dispensary? Can you feel confident that you're not going to come down with these problems that have been killing people?
1: Right. So uh, one of the uh, issues that we have is that the regulations have not kept up with industry and the products that are there. So these vape pens and the products in them are still not regulated at the level that we need. So we're not quite clear what's in all of them, but... um, Again, some products are better than others. And what's clear is that these um, these uh, products that you buy off the street are really not where you should be.
0: So say that you're um, going to the trouble of buying one of these regulated vaping products. You're using a Juul or one of the name brand ones, and you're just using it for nicotine. You're not smoking pot in it. Um, what would be the health impacts of doing that versus a combustible cigarette? Uh, this is a great question,
1: and it's it's actually a controversial question. Mm-hmm. So um, let me divide it into kind of two groups here. So youth should not use any of these products. So uh, period, full stop. Really, it is not great for them to use any of these products. And what is our concern? Nicotine is very addictive. The Juul product, in particular, is very smooth, and it allows you to use a lot of nicotine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Nicotine is um, highly addictive, and then you be, you get a disorder of your brain where you cannot quit.
0: So it's not just the tar that's in a combustible cigarette. That nicotine is bad for you in and of itself. The nicotine is the addictive component, and that is extremely clear. And then once your brain
1: is primed using an addictive product, it becomes easier and easier to use other addictive products. And so that's the concern that we have with youth is that they'll flip from this nicotine into other into alcohol, marijuana, other drugs. So you know it's this um, idea of it's kind of a priming issue that you have. What
0: about for adults?
1: Uh, now that's the very interesting question. So let's say you're 40 years old and you're smoking combustible cigarettes. So I, I want to have everyone remember combustible cigarettes kill. Mm-hmm. In the United States, over 400,000 people die every year related to their combustible cigarette use. Hmm. So 400,000. Still a huge number. Huge, huge number. Lung cancer kills more men and more women than any other cancer. Hmm. Um, uh, Smoking contributes to fatal heart attacks. So really, smoking combustible cigarettes is terrible for your health. It shortens your life. Now, the most important thing we want you to do is quit. And very easy to say, Just quit. There are medications to quit, and um, individuals should use these medications to help them quit. Mm -hmm. So, that is also a really important point here. Only one third of people who try to quit use any type of medications. So, now you kind of say, well, you know, you're kind of saying, what do I use? A combustible cigarette or do I use a standard electronic cigarette? Um, You know, this is one of those controversial
0: areas. Is it fair to say? I mean, it's better to vape than to die from cigarettes?
1: uh, So my personal opinion is that um, if it was my relative, I would encourage them to vape. If that helped them kick the habit. Yes. Okay. Okay.
0: So we understand that's a a controversial opinion, but we appreciate you giving it. Um, One last thing I wanted to ask you about today. You've said that a huge issue for people trying to quit smoking is the lack of treatment of addiction by physicians. We think about people going into rehab for, you know, they're on heroin or something like that. I don't think of that as something that people would need to help quit smoking. Are you saying that I'm thinking of this wrong? You are thinking of this wrong. So when
1: we think of the addictive products, we think of nicotine and heroin as the two most addictive products out Mm. there. And um, nicotine is legal. And at every doctor's appointment, you should talk to your doctor and your doctor should ask you about their smoking. And we should offer treatment at every single visit.
0: Okay. Well, we'd like to see some changes here, so this, this could help people. Dr. Laura Beirut of the Washington University School of Medicine, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you very much. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.